Hello again, I'm Miriam Felton. Welcome to Yarn Stories Podcast. Hello. Today's guest is Hunter Hammerson, a kindred spirit in geekery, knitting, collecting, and obsessive research. Also, we giggle a lot. Hunter is a prolific publisher and designer, and we talk a lot about particular designs or books of hers. As we go through, just know that I've got links and photos of all of these things in the show notes. Hunter is one of those people that I can't help but smile when I talk to. She's unflappably cheerful, but still funny and genuine, and I hope that this conversation makes you smile as much as it did me. I'm here with Hunter Hammerson. Hey, Hunter. Hi. So let's do the rundown of your books. There are a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, there kind of are. Um, So the very first one, a long, long time ago, was Silk Road Sun. Long, long time ago. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like last month, I had my like 10-year blogging anniversary, which is crazy because 10 years ago, if you just said, what do you think you're going to be doing a decade from now? (laughs) I mean, I probably would have said, I don't know. Yeah, Um, right. But I, I, I'm kind of amazed I've been doing this for, for 10 years. Um, yeah. But yeah, so the first one was Silk Road Socks. And then I decided that I had enough fun with that that I wanted to keep doing it. But I kind of wanted to start publishing my own. Yeah. So then I did um, the three Knitter's Curiosity Cabinet I books. I can't believe there are three. <laughs> <laughs> they were like they were so fun. They're the dorkiest things ever because they're not dorky. Uh, they're nerdy. Nerdy is a right. different thing. Nerdy I mean, is I, like you know a level of obsession that at parties you go. Well, actually, yeah. I I here's the thing. I have various enthusiasms, yes. and I find that the people that I get on best with like also are the kind of people who are enthusiastic about something or the mm-hmm. other, like. It doesn't have to be the same thing, no. but if there's if there's not anything that you're like, oh yes, I know all about that. Let me talk to you about it. Right. Like if there's nothing like that, then then that's sometimes not a person that I'm gonna like click with. It's it's yeah. the people who are like, oh yeah, no, I'm really into whatever, and you're like, okay, great, we could talk. This is gonna yeah. be fun. If you don't have something that you research obsessively and like keep up to date on, then you're not one of my people. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, like, I I feel like people tend to get this like absolute spark when you let them talk about the thing yes. that they're super excited about. And I feel like it is, it's actually the best way to get to know people. It's just mm-hmm. to be like, okay, tell me, tell me your enthusiasm. Well, tell me why. all about it. You know, like you learn a bit of their history by talking to somebody and finding out how they came to their obsession and, you know, or the thing that they're really geeky about and what they love about it and why it feeds them. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, I don't know. When people are excited, it's so easy to talk to them. Like you don't ever get into that. And now there's a weird, awkward silence and no one knows what to do. Um, Because you just, you know, let, let people have their, their fun things. And like, I think sometimes it feels really 
safe when you realize that you're with people who feel that same way. You're like mm-hmm. not worried that, oh, they're going to think I'm strange because I care about this. They're like, no, they're going to think it's awesome that somebody cares about this. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was kind of what happened with the Knitter's Curiosity Cabinet books. I'm like, you know what? If I'm going to be a weirdo, I'm going to like fully embrace this and be an <laughs> epic weirdo. Um, and, yeah. Which which has been an ongoing theme. I um, <laughs> uh, then, then I think there were two little tiny books, one called Rabble Rousers and one called Ne'er-Do-Well Knits. Mm-hmm. And then the, uh, the, the ultimate pinnacle of going ahead and embracing the thing you're really dorkily enthusiastic about <laughs> and just sticking with it. I, I did a book called Fine Things for Plain Occasions, which is patterns based on old etiquette books because nice. – I have been collecting vintage etiquette guides for far <laughs> longer than I've known how to knit. Um, That's awesome. Like, like literally, you know, 10-year-old me was like, no, this is fantastic. I love this. This tells me how to behave. I mean, of course, like 10-year-old me didn't necessarily realize that the some concept. of it is archaic. And, you know, that uh, gosh, gloves are not and calling cards are not going to play as big a part <laughs> in, in your modern life century adulthood as some of these books might have led you to believe but by god if it ever comes up i'm covered um (laughs) and i love the idea of calling cards oh my gosh they're so fantastic like i it's so much cooler than oh here yeah let me give you my phone number you can text me yeah Um, like swap phones and somebody puts your you know phone number in your in their phone just yeah like i mean we could bring them back i think we should but we'd have to actually see people in person well, okay, and that would mean I couldn't I couldn't do nearly as many things in my pajamas, and that would be sad. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and and so, oh gosh, where we're okay. There, we should we bring were, back the uh, art of the written letter, though. Oh my god. Okay, so this is a total tangent, but that's oh, a danger. This is well, um, and this is what our podcast is for. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I I am not good at not having tangents. Um, I've started doing this thing where I just randomly actually put mail. <laughs> in the mail to people I like a, bu- a bunch of cards and like like silly stickers or pins mm-hmm. or and the thing I've been trying to do is to put in doubles of at least some of the stuff and say like look oh, if you like this it's for you and if you if either you don't like it or you know somebody else who would like the other one send it to them that's awesome um, and I mean I figure I figure it is and I, I like I actually make a point of saying in there like this is no stress. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Yeah, it's if, not like a fucking chain letter. Yeah, no. If you want to just leave this somewhere where somebody will find it and be delighted, do that. Like leave it on top of your library's return box, you know? Do yeah. what whatever. But like just just putting some of this stuff in the mail because it's sometimes really nice to find something in there other than an advertising circular right? and a bill for the dentist. Yeah. You know? Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm a fan of bringing back mail. I think, I think we should do it. Um, (laughs) definitely. I remember when I was a kid that I would write to my friends and put stuff in the mail and get letters back. I had a pen pal for a short while and I enjoyed writing notes to my Nana who would write back. I even got birthday missives from my fairy godmother, who I met once at my sister's bridal shower. Turns out that she was a family friend of my Nana who adopted us kids and sent us $2 bills. So I seriously love getting mail. I've put a link in the show notes to a little book that I love called The Art of the Handwritten Note. It's full of tips to help you feel as happy sending a handwritten note as you are when you receive one. So hey, can we start a note writing campaign? If you would also like to get mail, 
let's swap addresses and start sending stuff, okay? Shoot me an email at miriam at yarnstoriespodcast.com and we'll get things started. Oh, we were trying to, I was trying oh, to name listing books. Oh, yeah. Yes. Then there's the Curls books, and there mm-hmm. were three of those. And then there was a little book uh, called Firmament of like little fancy stitches on, on cute little hats. And then I also went ahead and re-released Silk Road Socks because that had yes. been one that I had done with a publisher. And it was ages and ages ago, and it was a relatively small print run, and it had been impossible to find for a long, long time. And I mean, to be frank, like, after 10 years of practice at this, there are things that I do differently get better now. at. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm pretty sure if you have anybody who's done anything for that long, if they didn't get better at it, they'd be kind of disappointed in right? themselves. Well, I'd it be was disappointed like, in them too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, I used to feel really bad because I'd look at things and I'd be like, oh, I would do that differently now. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to beat myself up about that because that means that I've learned more stuff in the meantime. Yeah. And, it's okay. You don't you don't have to be like absolutely 100 100% perfect at something before you can try it cuz you yeah. you're never going to get there. Yeah, I had a recent experience. So this last weekend I was actually at uh Interweave Yarn Fest and I did a book signing of Twist and Knit which, you know, was my self-published book. And just looking through it, I was like, "Oh god." Like, you know, everything everything lines up nicely, so at least, you know, it looks it looks professional, but like there are things that I'm like, "Oh, I could have done that better." Like this was, you know, a, a kind of last minute solution to this thing that I didn't know how to do in Illustrator or, you know, oh, yeah. stuff like that. And, you know, I would definitely do, do it slightly differently now. Oh, and I mean, that's like, I feel like everybody I know who's in this field mm-hmm. does so many different jobs. Oh my God, is that that you know of course we're all like oh hey guess what i take much better photographs now right. than i did 5 years ago <laughs> part of that is i have a better camera part of that is i have 5 more years practice at mm-hmm. it and and you know I, I know how to do things in photoshop and illustrator and indesign now that i didn't know how to do back yeah. then and so like i'm trying so hard though to like give myself sort of that same space yes. and that same grace that I would give to anybody else. Yes. Like, yeah, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, Part of one of my one of my uh, phrases for this year is be kind. And it's, you know, it's insinuating that I should be kind to other people, but also be kind to myself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to. Yeah. Like it's because it's, you know, being kind to other people seems to be the easy part. Being kind to myself is the hard one. So (laughs) and I think I think that they reinforce each other. Like they're they're good practice. Um, If you you get better at one, you're going to get better at the other. For sure. So is that uh, Firmament the most recent? Uh, Let's see. So Firmament came out last year. Gosh, I don't remember if Curls 3 or Firmament was the most ah. recent one. I think, I think, wow, I don't remember. I think Curls 3 came out <laughs> in the so fall many. and Firmament came out in the summer of okay. last year. So <laughs> it, awesome. it's, a, it's a problem when you, when you do a bunch of stuff, it's just like, ah, uh, cause I, I also am one of those people where I am like so much more focused on like what's coming next that mm-hmm. I tend to forget what's happened. Like yeah. people will be like, oh, hey, do you remember when we, and I'm like, no, nope. I'm making, I'm making plans for that thing we're doing next week instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, it's especially dramatic with things ha- that happen on the time scale of a book because, oh, right. you know, because like, there's such a delay. Right. Like I'm, I am finishing up 
the work on the book that will come out like this fall Mm -hmm. and starting to think about like next year's book. And so it's, it's like, wait, I haven't, I haven't thought about, you know, previous ones since like a year and a half ago and and a lot of stuff has happened. And so it always, it always feels kind of crazy. That's just like the the schedule. I think anybody who does books or magazines or, you know, anything that's sort of got that seasonal component to it, they're like, what? No, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, next Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So new book, can you say anything about the new book? This one is all socks, um, which is kind of my first love. I love your socks. So socks are the first thing that I managed to successfully knit. Like I had, I had, you know, taught myself how to knit as in like how to make the stitches, but I'd never really managed to actually get through much of a project because mm. I would just get really bored. Yeah. And with socks, I'm like, well, you do one thing and then you do something else and then yeah, you do something. Yeah, it's changing. Yeah. Like by the time... I have a really short attention span. By the time (laughs) I'm getting to the point where I'm like, well, I'm quite done with this. Thank you. It's time to do the next thing. Yeah. So like socks are kind of my secret, my secret first love. It's not that much of a secret. No, really. Um, I'm like, how many, (laughs) how many books you put out with so many socks? Well, I've been doing a ton of hat patterns lately in part because they are so quick to knit. Yeah. And and like they're they're a little bit easier to carry. And the other thing, and I feel I feel bad saying this, but is I actually physically have a little bit of a hard time knitting a tight enough fabric oh. to make big weight socks. I have some problems with like some repetitive motion injuries, yeah. and just to like knit fabric at a good tight sock gauge, it hurts. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I'm 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 not I'm not going to torture yourself show people socks that are knit too loosely because i think that a lot of folks really do knit their socks too loosely the secret here is to use thicker yarn people don't yeah don't keep trying to kill yourself knitting like nine and a half stitches per inch that will catch up with you i mean if you're one of those people who can do that yeah it doesn't hurt you that's fantastic but a lot of people that hurts. Well, and there's a lot of knitters that I know that are loose knitters. And so to knit a pair of socks at nine stitches per inch, they need to like go down to like a triple zero yeah. trying to get yeah. gauge. And that's just going to be hard on your hands. Yeah, it is. I mean, it, and it's just, it's like, you know what? I I like to wear thick socks. I like to knit thick socks. So an awful lot of the socks I knit are DK. Yeah. Um, and I've actually started doing, um, I did it in... Silk Road socks, and I'm doing it in this book where I have the sizing written such that if you want to knit it at fingering weight, uh, great. Here's here's the sizes the various cast-ons are going to give you, beautiful. and if you want to knit it at a thick, I think I, I think I went with like nine and seven stitches per inch because mm-hmm. most sock yarn, yeah, you really one or the other. be knitting it at nine stitches per inch, yeah. not at eight. I know people say eight, eight's it's too loose. Yeah, you know, at eight you get you get um, all the pearl bumps pushing into the bottom of your foot, and it can actually really like mess with the nerves it feels kind of ropey to yeah. stand on yeah. yeah like it's yeah not great it needs to be tight enough that that it serves as a as a full fabric you know <laughs> rather than a fabric with openings a gauge for a sock is a completely different density than a gauge for a sweater a sweater oh, yeah. you need a drape you need you know you want it to breathe a little bit but like a sock should be like snug it should be dense <laughs> fabric 
Yep. And that's just, that is less fun to knit. That's, um, well, for you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it, like, I know, I know there are people who love it. I know there are people who just crank out socks left, right, and sideways. And I am, I am both like jealous of them and a little bit in awe of them because socks are so much fun to design. Yes, um, they really are. But, but in terms of like, hey, I still want to be able to knit 10 more years from now. Yes. I'm trying to be really good and realize, you know what, that means that you're not going to spend a ton of time knitting fabric that dense. That's fair. Um, yeah. Is it is it wrist strain? So, sorry, like I'm into the medical oh, stuff. Is it wrist strain or is it um, like like um, joint pain? What's going on? It's it's the back of my elbow, the back of my right elbow. Oh, just, uh, yeah. okay. Um, look into KT tape. Okay. It's an it's an elastic adhesive tape that um, supports joints and huh. uh, supports tendons. So um, if you need to do it, or like even when you're not doing it, having extra support so you don't keep re-injuring those tendons, yeah, tendonitis, um, could be helpful. KT Tape also has a million um, a million like tutorial videos on YouTube about how to tape for different stuff. Ooh. All right. No, that's actually super interesting. Thank you. Yeah. So I would I would check the videos first, find KT Tapes videos and see what uh, what kind of taping you would need for your elbow because they'll recommend whether you use like pre-cut strips or like an uncut strip, stuff like that. So. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, why, why not try it? Like, yeah, there's uh, so, sometimes I feel a lot of that stuff is kind of trial and error and go home and play with it rather yeah. than go to the doctor and they're like, oh, here, do this. And, right. Well, sometimes that doesn't work. Well, the thing is, um, if you go to a regular doctor, they don't necessarily know all the things that like a sports medicine doctor knows. Right. You know, right. and like like going going to a sports medicine doctor for your knitting injury seems a little <laughs> weird. KT tape videos and affiliate links are in the show notes. It's amazing shit. Seriously, I have a toe joint that I injured a couple of years ago with what's called turf toe. It's basically an injury of the tendons and the joints from pushing off on that big toe. KT tape for support while it heals is the only thing that's made it better or helped in any way in three years. So this should not be taken as medical advice. You should totally see your doctor. Don't sue me. I know. And like, I always worry they're going to be judgmental yeah. or that it's going to be like, you're going to have to prove that you deserve to be there. And yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I'm, you I know, did. part of it, like, I, I think that it would be perfect if we could go see an occupational therapist. But, you know, yes. that's not really in our, you know, we don't have a union. We don't have a, <laughs> you know, a, like collective medical plan that would give us access to occupational therapists. You know, I mean, how, how cool would that be, though? Like, oh, God, I, I, I thought about I, it a lot. I know... I don't, I don't want to like share anybody's stories out of school, but I know several people in this industry who have left it or who have mm-hmm. changed how they interact with it in part because they need a job where yeah. they can have insurance. And yeah. for the most part, knitting, you know, do, doing, doing any sort of independent knitwear design in the States not doesn't lucrative. tend to be a job you can get insurance. Nope. Um, <laughs> So yeah, there's there's me going and getting all political and saying, hey, you know what? Medical care, people need it. Yeah. Um, well, and I've always thought that that actually, um, you know, centralized medical care in whatever form, you know, we could actually get it. That if it was, you know, cheap enough and reasonable enough, um, and you know, got enough coverage, that it would actually encourage people to to open small businesses because a lot of people I know are working 
regular jobs and not doing the thing that they're like creative about or love doing, you know, or they're doing it as a side hustle because they need to they need to have insurance. And so they can't dedicate what they would like to to it. Mm-hmm. I agree completely. Well, and, like, like the that only is... reason that I can do this is because I have a partner who has a regular job and has health insurance. Yeah, I my my husband, I get my health insurance through his mm-hmm. job. And you know, that is that is a huge consideration and I, I I get a lot of inquiries from people who, you know, say, "Gosh, I really love knitting. I really love coming up with my own designs. I want to do this as a job." And I always feel really bad when I say things like, "Okay, not to be a downer, but <laughs> if you don't it, 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 pay attention to things like how do you get health insurance? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, that's not what anybody wants to hear no. when they're saying, I think this will be a fun, creative job, because it is a fun, creative job. Yeah. Like, I love my job. I This morning, before, before we got on the phone to do this, I was out at the picnic table taking pictures of knit cupcakes. Nice. Like, I, I love <laughs> that that is legitimately part of my day. <laughs> but by the same token... You know, it's it. There, there are times where you know the thing I'm doing is talking to my accountant or dealing with the freight company or yeah. you know d- doing the sort of non-glamorous side of things. Yeah. And I, I always kind of try to let people know both sides of that. Well, you still but, you know, have to do without, your bookkeeping. Yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully without like squashing squashing hopes and dreams, but yeah. um, just a little a little gentle squish, not yes. an actual not an actual squash. Not smash. <laughs> no right, smash. Right. Right. Just, 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 you know, a a little bit of stress testing. Um, So this actually segues nicely into another question. Oh, sure. Um, You've been making a lot of little things. So like, (laughs) um, like seamless star ornaments and like Mm -hmm. the, um, the knitted cupcakes that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. are you doing those like in between other designs as like palette cleanser? Or are you just like, like me obsessed with tiny things? So, uh, I know, like I, <laughs> they were kind of a guilty pleasure. Um, like, so I, I will, I will, I will tell you where it started. I fell and broke my leg mm-hmm. in right after we moved to Maine. Like the couple of months after we moved here, we didn't really know anybody yet. Um, my husband went back to Ohio for a work trip. I was walking up the driveway to check the mail Uh-oh. and I slipped and fell and broke my leg. And that was super fun. Um, and so I was, <laughs> so I was much sarcasm. Oh, that, mm-hmm, yes, that's, that's the most polite thing I can say about it. Um, <laughs> and so for quite a while there, I was, I, I hurt too much to knit. Like yeah. I, I couldn't find a place to get comfortable. Like I, there was there was no way to sit in it. Which bone and did I you break? Uh, both of them. The, the two in my oh. lower leg. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. It's, I oh, recommend God. That's uh-huh. hard. Well, like yes. and and bone pain is a whole different thing. Yes, it sucks. I recommend against it. If anybody asks, would you like to break your leg? Go ahead and firmly and answer no. no. Thank you. <laughs> um, but so I I was also feeling kind of crazy because I suspect for a lot of people listening to this, like you're going to get the idea that like knitting helps you keep your brain in order. And so I kind of was just like, I need to knit something stupid and distracting and satisfying. And that's when I knit all those little hearts Mm -hmm. and everybody else was just as enthused by them as I was. And like that, 
felt really good. And I'm like, okay, well, this is kind of silly. People can probably figure this out on their own, but why not go ahead and do a pattern for it? And people really, really loved them. And I mean, it's always satisfying when people make something and they have a good time with it and they get in touch and they tell you nice things about it. Mm -hmm. But this, like I got reactions from people like on a scale that I had never had before. People were saying, oh, I knit these for all of my grandkids or, oh, I made these as favors for my wedding or, you know, oh, I, I inherited you know, grandma's yarn after she died and I knit these for everybody in the family. So they'd have, I mean, it's all the stuff that you're just sitting there going, Oh, and now I'm a big pile of marshmallow feelings. Well, (laughs) crap, there goes my, you know, sarcasm and street cred. Um, (laughs) And so it was like, okay, maybe, maybe there's something to this. Like maybe, maybe it's not crazy that they made me feel better. Maybe it's not, maybe I don't have to like feel apologetic about that. And I'm like, okay, well, fine. We'll keep playing with it. And so later, I guess those came out in January last year. And then later- was perfect timing because you could make them for Valentine's and like send them out to people and- and yeah. I mean, people put them in envelopes and, you know, mailed again with the putting good mail. Like, yep. I mean, because, you know, it's it's an ounce or something. You can just stick an extra stamp on your envelope and yep. it's going to get there just fine. You know, I, I made cat toys with them. They're still my cat's favorite toys. Um, and it's just, it's like, okay, so there really is, there's something to this. Like, and they're, they're, they're satisfying. You can use your scraps for them. Like all the kind of marketing stuff that you, like all the like happy, yeah. shiny copy you'd expect to hear. But like, People really seemed to like them on like an emotional level, and that was kind yeah. of awesome. It was kind of it was kind of the boost I needed when I was dealing with other stuff, and it was like, okay, no, I like this. This is good. And so then I did the stars, and it was kind of the same thing. People were people were really excited for them, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe there's something to this, and I I will be. I will be super honest and say, you know, 99% of the feedback was amazingly kind and amazingly sweet. And then there were a tiny handful of people who were like, "Mm, this is ridiculous. How dare you make a pattern and charge money for this? I'm like, "Um, it's 20 pages long and it's probably (laughs) the most detailed pattern you will ever see. And And, and yet there are people out there who drop a stitch pattern into a rectangle and sell it for $7 and nobody's complaining about that. Right. But I mean, that's, that's, that's fancy and proper. This, (laughs) here's, here's the thing. I I actually think that a lot of times what people are saying is either, I wish I had done that or I I want that, but I don't want to pay for it. So maybe if I make you feel bad about it, you'll just give it to me. At this point, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable saying, nope, nope, I, I did a lot of work for this. I feel really happy with how it came out and there are about a hundred thousand free knitting patterns on Ravelry. You are welcome right. to find one of those instead if you'd like. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, but I, they're like, not going to be as detailed or as clean or as you know focused well, as the, your patterns are. The other thing is there are a lot of, and I, uh, I, I, I want <laughs> to say this carefully and kindly. Yes. If you look at a pattern and you think that's adorable. I could totally do that. I don't need a pattern. Then that's fantastic. That's great. I'm but sure not everyone is like that. Yeah, I'm sure that there are things that you or I or many, many other knitters look at and go, that's adorable. I could totally do that without a pattern. 
in which case the right thing to do is to go ahead and if you want to make it, make it. Yeah. But if you look at something and you think that's adorable, I really want to make it, I don't know how. Then you pay for the pattern. And, well, and the other <laughs> thing is you are probably a knitter who needs a little bit more hand-holding mm-hmm. for that particular pattern. Yeah. And so I think it's actually fine to have a really detailed, very hand-holdy pattern for what looks like a very simple project because most of the people who are going to look at that and think, I love it, I need help to make it, they're, they're right. They need they the hand-holding. They would the like help. it. They would appreciate it. Yep. And so and so, I, I don't feel at all bad making that available yeah. for the people who want it. And if you are a person who doesn't want it, then that's totally cool. Like, I get it, but I don't like the I, I don't like it when people think when they make a moral judgment about it. Yeah, or when they they try to say that only their level of skill is the proper level of skill. Yeah. So the things they need patterns for, there should be patterns for, and the things they don't need patterns for, there, there shouldn't, shouldn't be. exist. Like yeah. I'm like no, understand that like there's all sorts of different levels. I mean, like if I wanted to try and make anything in crochet, I would need so much handholding because it's not a skill that I have. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that like that doesn't mean that somebody else who's super good at crochet is going to need the same thing. Totally. And it doesn't mean that like one one skill set has to be the only one that patterns cater to. Yeah. So okay. but yeah, that's it's it's actually I'm sorry, that was very ranty. Yeah. Um that's that's actually part of the fun that I'm having with all of these tiny things is like really taking the time to really sort of dive into, okay, so with a stuffed thing, when do you weave in your ends? Mm. Because sometimes it's like, all right, let's pause and weave in that first end because you're about to get to the point where you're not going to have good Right. And it's like, okay, so when do you want to block this because you do want to block it Mm -hmm. and once you stuff it you don't want to block it because well don't get that wet um (laughs) so it's it's all of those little things that I think it's really fun to like try and think through it and find the places where people are going to have those little snags and like pre-solve all those problems for them like that's that's fun just from like an engineering and sort of structural standpoint I enjoy doing that but the the amount of glee that people get from the tiny things is just so cool like I my testers are working on this cupcake pattern now and everybody is having so much fun and they are coming out so stinking cute I can't stand it um and it's like no, I don't. I don't have to feel guilty. I don't have to apologize that I'm not doing like a finger weight color work steaked cardigan. Nope. It's okay. Yeah. Like some sometimes what you want is something you can be done with in an yeah. afternoon and just make somebody's day with it. Yeah, that's uh, half the reason why I do like you know a crocheted motif blanket pretty regularly I finished one for Christmas and now I'm like itching to start another one because like you know you sit there and you do a crocheted motif and you join it to the to the blanket and then it's done and you feel accomplishment and you get to play with color and it's just it's potato chippy yeah oh and like there's I I like having a project that I can sit and work on at at night and know that I don't have to count and Mm -hmm. I don't have to be glued to a chart and I don't have to like no, it's it like there's there's so much room for so many different kinds of knitting that I I I refuse to judge people. Like I'm just like no, Absolutely. you know what? Let let people make what they want. Let people be happy. Yeah. So 
you are a collector of things. <laughs> and like your Silk Road socks book was inspired by a rug collection. Hmm? So did the rug collection come first? Like do the, does the collection come first and then they serve as inspiration for the designs? Or do you start collecting when you get obsessed with the thing? Oh, the rugs designing. Totally came first. Okay. So you um, definitely I, start the collection and then you'll design <laughs> from the collection. I, I have magpie tendencies. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. yeah, I I and we um we, we moved up here to Maine and so it's it's really easy to get all of the water up here and every time I go take a walk, I'm like, Ooh, look at this rock. Ooh, a shell. <laughs> oh, sea glass. And like I come home and my pockets are just filthy and I'm like, Well, this is I thought I was going to outgrow this, but apparently not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, it's it's weird because I have like these warring tendencies between I want this like very stark, very minimalist house, but oh, by the same I know that feeling. Yeah, like I'm like, nope, that's a pretty thing. That rock has sentimental value, and I must keep that rock for the rest of time. Um, <laughs> which, yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I usually mostly keep it together, but they're like one or two little corners in the house where I'm like, no, I'm just going to indulge. Yeah. I'm just going to have some things here and it's fine. That's really funny. Uh, Anne Weil's book, Weave um, Within Reach. As a reminder, Anne Weil was our guest in episode 205. Go listen after this has these uh, keepsake rocks. So they're like rocks from, you know, particular trips or whatever. And then you do this Japanese weaving on top of it. Oh, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, because then it kind of fits with the minimalist decor, right? Like, (laughs) so rocks and then and then like wrap them in yarn. Oh, I like it. And then they're a whole thing. Then they're decorative. And then they're like part of your minimalist decor. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, if you get like three or four of something all together, then all of a sudden it's not. Why do you have a rock? Yes, yeah. excuse me, that's my collection of important rocks. Yes. Um. Yeah, like I mean, I yes, yes. You, that's awesome. You, you, like I, I, I'm, I'm turning over and looking at the shelf on my office that has the important rocks sitting there <laughs> because, well. Like, the shelf above it has the head forms for blocking hat. The mm-hmm. shelf below it has stitched dictionaries. And then the shelf right in the middle, has rocks. it has the important rocks. Mm-hmm. That's just how it is. <laughs> I can't be the only one. Yeah, it's your curiosity cabinet. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there there might be a skull. It's a thing that happens. That's Not awesome. a person's skull, a no. raccoon's skull. Yeah. Just, like, in case anybody's about to call the authorities. Eh. There, there are licenses for human remains to hold you to have actual skulls. Yeah, but you know, if you find a raccoon skull on the oh, beach, no, you then can you just like, oh, grab cool, it. I'm going to keep that. If yeah. you find a person skull on the beach, you I should think probably, you probably call the police. police. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, there's going to be paperwork. Like somebody's <laughs> going to need to take a statement. There's the, the, the raccoon skull was. A, although I will confess that, like, we we found it. We brought we we brought it home, and then I woke up at like three in the morning, and I'm like, wait. Raccoons have rabies. Can you get rabies for how Not long from does the skull. it last? And, no, okay. but I like I pulled my phone out and I googled it and I'm That's like, really no, funny. it's fine, it's fine. Um, but like <laughs> I, I told my husband the next morning because I'm like I almost woke you up to make you go get a rabies shot. He's like, and the internet said that that was not the right thing to do. I'm like, yeah, well yeah, done, internet. Fine. That's like the only time that it like talked <laughs> yeah. somebody down. Yeah, it's, Dr. Google is not generally reassuring. No. Dr. Google is usually extra anxiety, but in and this case. And very full of cancer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. you have you have a wrist ache? It could be cancer. Right, right. You, 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 your, your fingernail tripped? You're definitely dying. <laughs> 
So your design process seems to be iterative in that you'll play with a technique or an idea over and over and explore all the possibilities before you move on to something else. For um, for instance, like all the hats with the kind of drop down long stitches. You did a bunch of those um, like like uh, they were like it's like you knit into that, you know, into a stitch below and yeah. you end up with the yeah. big like stretched. Um, I what's the name of those hats those so, collection or whatever yeah, those are those are the hats in firmament, firmament and i right. i called them dip stitches because you sort stitches. of take you sort of take the tip of your needle and you you go down somewhere below in yes. your fabric and yank a loop of yarn through and then do things with yes. it and it is it's it's so, so much yeah it's so much fun to play with it's like this you know we we're all sort of used to i want to make designs on the surface of my knitting by increasing and decreasing mm-hmm. to make you know lines and lace and cables but this almost sort of feels like putting another layer of fabric on top of the yes. background of the stockinette. Yes. And it makes such pretty fabrics. Really and does. like a lot of them are pretty on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you when you pull the loop through like that, it's getting pulled down in the back and then it comes through in the front and yep. then it goes back up back again. So you get these like really long. So it's a dual faced fabric. Oh, you get these really long, really dramatic swoops and it's, it's so much fun to play with. It was that, that book was the first time I was like, you know what? I truly cannot decide which version of the stitch I like best. I don't have to, we no. will just a little tiny stitch dictionary in the back with the other versions of them and call it good. And it was because I I get all indecisive. I'm like, well, these are both so pretty. I can't pick a favorite. They're not quite different enough to bring them both out as separate patterns. But I also don't want to keep this one stuck away in my head. I want other people to be able to play with it too. So that was so much fun. And I, I could see doing something like that again. Yeah. Um, just sort of picking picking a tiny little topic like that and diving into it and being like, nope, this is not this is not a hugely general thing. This is not like I'm not teaching you everything there is to know about socks. I'm like, yeah. no, let's play with this one way to manipulate your fabric. Um, and it was, people seem to really like it. And yeah. I had a lot of fun doing it. Well, so it's an I, exploration that key. So like, you're, you're learning something while you're exploring it, you're making interesting things and, and exploring every way that you could play with it. You know what I mean? So it's you really get a deep understanding of the technique in playing with it. Yeah, and it's been so much fun to see other people be like, okay, I want to take the stitch and I want to turn it into, you know, I want to make gloves with it or I want to make socks with it or, mm-hmm. hey, I want to put this on the bottom of a sweater. And it's it's just been really neat to see somebody else take it and run with it. That's awesome. So how do you keep focused and also balanced in your work? I'm not sure that I do. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's fair. How do you try? Um, I... I I try really hard to have a lot of slack built into my schedule. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm because I, (laughs) my brain is a noisy place. Yeah. And some days I wake up and my brain is just like, you are not getting a single thing done today. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) cool. And if I, if I have, built enough time into my schedule, then I can just say, all right, you know what, we're just going to, we're going to play hooky today. Um, And that tends to make the amount of 
time that I need to spend doing that much shorter. If I try yeah. and fight it and I'm like, no, you're going to go sit at your desk oh, and pretend to work. Then I'm like, who am I pretending to work for? I don't have a boss. There's no like, there's nobody to walk by and be like, ah, oh, yes, there she is in early, staying late, skipping lunch, sitting at her computer. Like, yeah. no, I, I don't have to. I don't have to look busy for anybody else. If I have a day where I'm like, no, this is just, I can't think today. Then I just don't do anything that day. Yeah. But in order, in order to do that, I I have to keep things planned out pretty far ahead. I yeah. mean, I, I have my, I have one of those like year at a glance erasable calendars that mm-hmm. like goes up on the wall and it has, okay, so I like to try and bring out two patterns a month. Here you go. You know what you have to do if you want to bring out two patterns a month? You have to design you have two to patterns a month and keep ahead of it. Yes. And you have to get them tested and you have yep. to get them edited and you have to get the goddamn photographs taken. Oh and God. hey, guess what? You live somewhere where for three months out of the year, you can't reliably go outside and take photos. Uh-huh. So that means if you want to have a pattern come out in March, you'd best have taken those photos back in, say, November, yep. um, which means you have to have it done. So like I have I have my calendar that like keeps me moving along. And I mean, this this week I am sitting there working on the photos for a pattern that's going to come out in November because that's how far ahead I like to work on things. And I mean, especially for things like the book, you know, I will take the photos in May so that the book can go to the printer in June so that the book can come out in October. But I just, I, I I have to have that slack because there's always going to be a day where I'm just like, "Mm, no. Um, And that's, that's part of the reason that I really like working with myself because I, I am much – I am going to meet the deadlines that I set for myself. Yeah. Whereas if somebody else is imposing it on me from the outside, I'm going to get really cranky. Um, <laughs> but like I, I have deadlines that I have for myself that literally nobody else in the world knows about. Yeah. But because I know that my plan is to do the thing at that time, I'll get it done. Yeah. Um, but if somebody else is like, uh-uh, shouldn't you be working on it? I'm like, mm, go away. I'm I'm the same, except that also on top of that, I occasionally get really pedantic. Like I'm trying right now to remem- remind myself that if I set the deadline, I can move the deadline. Yeah, but but it hurts. Yeah. It's well, and the thing is, it probably should. But yeah. you know, like I have, I need to have a good reason to move the deadline, and I quite often do. If I'm yeah. like, if I'm stressing about the deadline. You know, it's because like I got sick or because I, you know, something else came up that, you know, required a lot more work than than I thought it was going to, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like so last year, what I, I broke my leg in the middle of December. I was supposed to have a pattern come out the beginning of January, but I couldn't take the pictures. So the pattern mm-hmm. was done, but I physically couldn't take the pictures because yeah. I couldn't stand up in the place I needed to go to do it. And I so I was two weeks late putting out a pattern. Nobody else knew no, that, that you were late at all. But oh, I beat myself up over yeah. it. I'm like, no. Nope. If you were, if you worked harder, if you were a better business person, I'm like, you would have had, you would have had more of a buffer. This is your own fault. And I'm like, mm, no. You know what? That's nonsense. You would no. Sometimes shit happens. Like you break your leg. Yeah, you would never tell another person no. you're you're trash. You shouldn't run your business because. A, a literal emergency happened and it took mm-hmm. you a little while to get back over. No, I would never do that to anybody else. Well, it's not uh, like you broke a toe and you were sitting around feeling sorry for yourself. You broke your no. goddamn leg. Like, yeah. that's a big like, thing. Yeah. 
and it's just like, okay, so what I've learned from that is, yes, maybe I should have, like, a pattern ready to go in my back pocket that can, like, be the fill-in if something yeah. happens. Yeah. That's – given given what's involved in them, that's actually kind of a big ask. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just – Well, and it's it's sitting on a possible source of income. Mm-hmm. That's that's a really hard thing to do as a small business person to sit on a possible source of income, you know, like it could be bringing you in more money, but yeah. you're just holding on to it back pocket, you know, in, just in case something horrible happens like that's that's a weird balance. The other thing that I've been trying to move more towards is talking on the blog and on Instagram about things shortly before they come out. Yes. So, you know, a, a lot of times I actually will knit the thing quite a bit before mm-hmm. anybody starts to see it on the internet. Yeah. But I try to, you know, for a month or so, six weeks or so before the pattern comes out, I start to talk about it both because I feel like that helps sort of build excitement for it. Yeah, and I feel like does. that way it's not, oh yeah, I remember that. You talked about that last August. What do you mean I can't buy it until next November? Yes. It's hype that you're building on purpose, but also like keeping hype too early for, you know, keeping it from peaking too early under control. Right. Yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. That way nobody's frustrated. That way I can say, Oh yeah, it's going to be out late next week. Yes. Which feels a heck of a lot more reasonable. Yes. Oh, I have to wait till next week. Then, Oh, I have to wait till next year. Totally. Um, yeah. So it, it makes it even harder to be like, Oh, well I'll just have this, this fill in pattern that I can pull out in case of emergency. Because I try to have like all of the sort of supporting chat about it happen, yeah. and you, you, that that doesn't fit well with oh here I'll just throw this out. Yeah, definitely not. So yeah, it's I I I, I suspect that you're the same way that you're a lot harder on yourself than you would ever be on anybody else, yes. and that nobody else is going to be as hard on you as you are on yourself. Yep. Like it's just that's just how that works. Yep. Um, but yeah, I I there's a lot of noise in my head. Yeah, monkey mind. Uh-huh. Yep. So what are you currently obsessed with? <laughs> These stupid cupcakes. Uh-huh. They're not stupid. They're adorable. <laughs> they they are adorable. They're not going to bring about world peace. No. But oh my God, they're but so cute. they might cute. make somebody smile. And really like in this day and age, you know, world peace is maybe beyond our reach. But as knitters, yeah. we can make someone's day. So Yeah. I, I, I managed to um, uh, put magnets in them so that oh. like if you if you sort of sew it so it's got a little hinge on one side and then put a magnet on the other side so that it'll click cl- shut then you can put your pins inside oh, it and like you top God. as a pin cushion oh and I'm just God. like oh I just got to I just got to put magnets in my knitting and I have a deep and abiding love of magnets right um <laughs> so like that's that's really all my brain has been doing magnets how do they work yeah it's magic uh-huh. i mean i understand that it's not i took a lot of physics in college oh, yeah. I, no i get i get this they're, it's still, they're still fun still and they make me giggle oh gosh so, yeah i put a magnetic closure into a, a bag that i made um to carry all the things that i need to carry every day so like it's got pockets for my notebooks and mm-hmm. um and you know for an ipad and i put a magnetic closure on the ipad and it just i giggle every time Oh, I, yeah. like, I can't. I love it. The bag I'm talking about here is my everyday carry bag. I've got a link in the show notes to a video on Instagram of me walking through it. But I made it real time on my Twitch stream where I make all the things. Come join me there. Twitch.tv slash Mim is making. 
it's fantastic. Oh, we had curtains in the last house, and uh, there wasn't really a good place to sort of, you know, have it so you could pull the curtain back to the side. So uh-huh. I put little magnets at the hem and then magnets up at the top where the curtain rod was. Yeah. So you could just fold it up, and it would uh, put in place and fold itself uh, up. And I'm like, no, that's fantastic. I yep. love that. That's wonderful. I love it. Cool. So there's a question that I ask everyone in season two. If you could be reincarnated as any animal, what animal would you be? I mean, there's a lot to be said for being a very spoiled house cat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like we, we have we have two cats and they pretty much go from like sunbeam to sunbeam and, you know, that that then we sit there and brush them and then we spend <laughs> more. Life. Yeah, I know. Like they just, they, uh, there's, there's that whole litter box part that I'm not really sure I could get behind. Right, but, poop in a box and you have to smell it. Yeah, and I, I like, yeah. I think I would be a toilet trained house cat. Well, see, I think I'd want to be like a really, really spoiled house cat, like one of the ones where like you have a little robot. Oh, yeah, a little robot would be great. Yeah, like I, you, you, you need to have like those sort of obsessive pet parents, and I, I fully admit to being one where, where you're like, no, I don't have kids, I have pets. Uh-huh. Like so that you really are spending a lot of attention on on those on those critters. <laughs> I, so I mean, I, I, I want to be, I want to be really clear that I don't want to be like you know. A little, a little, a little hobo street kitty, but I, I want to be yeah. an incredibly spoiled cat. Yeah, yeah. Although I think you know, hobo street kitty has its charm. We one, our next door neighbors knocked on the door like the little. I the kid was maybe eight or nine at the time. Held up his hand and said, "I got you a kitten." And it <laughs> what? It was a it was a kitten that its mother had abandoned it oh, because oh, it had an eye infection. And I'm like, "Okay, thank you. Don't ever do this again." But, um, thank but you. we, yes, thank you. We'll take care of him. He's he's still our cat right now. He's napping in a sunbeam in the next room. Uh-huh. Um, but so like the the he's now an extremely spoiled house cat. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they 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 have their charms too. But if I uh, if I'm if I'm getting to dictate this, I'm, I'm that's thinking true. that's the way I, that's the way I'm going. Yeah, awesome. So where can everyone find you? Uh, Pantsvillepress.com is my website, and I'm Hunter Hammerson on Instagram. That's and E-N. everybody, yeah, M-R-S-E-N. I was gonna say Uh huh. H a m m e r s e n. Um, but I uh, oh, I'm Hunter on Ravelry. I'm, I actually was I, I was thoroughly delighted to be able to get on Ravelry early enough that I got my name. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> it's one of those where I'm like, ooh, yay. <laughs> That's excellent. Okay. And so you said Instagram was was just Hunter, Hunter Harrison. Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I'm going to put a link to Hunter's email list in the show notes so that you can get updates. She sends fantastic emails. Um, her newsletter <laughs> list is great. But uh, you'll, she'll tell you when pre-orders are up for the new book and, you know, if there's a sale on anything, she sends it through there. So I'll put a link for that in the show notes. That sounds great. Excellent. Thanks, Hunter. Yeah, thank you. This was fun. That link to Hunter's email list is in the show notes as well as pictures of her work, including the Firmament Collection with the dip stitches, which I'm absolutely obsessed with. If you want to see the cupcakes that Hunter is talking about, she just released them. They're called Dollop. You can follow me in all my making at Miriam Felton Knit Designs on Facebook and on Twitter or Instagram as Mim Knits. Thank you so much to the patrons who keep this podcast paid for. You can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Miriam Felton. 
If you can't support the podcast with money, I totally understand. You can rate and review in Apple Podcasts, Facebook, or Stitcher, or share the podcast with your fiber-loving friends via social media or word of mouth. If you want to send me money but can't do a recurring monthly thing, you can buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash Miriam Felton. So that's coffee.com slash Miriam Felton. You can follow the podcast on social media via Facebook, search for Yarn Stories Podcast with no space between yarn and stories, Twitter at Yarn Stories Pod, or Instagram at Yarn Stories Podcast. This podcast was produced in Salt Lake City with production help from Sid Fallon. Music is by the ever-elusive Breakmaster Cylinder. I'll be back in two weeks chatting with Kim Worker, writer, editor, maker, once and future podcaster, and my long-lost sister separated at birth. See you then. Hey, babe. Hi. What you doing in the closet?